and follow out a network of suggestion as clearly as ever. So at least it seemed to me. It was calmness rather than dullness that was coming upon me. Was there any ground for the belief in the presentiment of death? Did a man near to death begin instinctively to withdraw himself from the meshes of matter and sense, even before the cold hand was laid upon his? I felt strangely isolated, isolated without regret from the life and existence about me. The children playing in the sun and gathering strength and experience for the business of life. The park keeper gossiping with a nursemaid. The nursing mother. The young couple intent upon each other as they pass me. The trees by the wayside spreading new pleading leaves to the sunlight. The stir in their branches. I had been part of it all, but I had nearly done with it now. Some way down the broad walk, I perceived that I was tired and that my feet were heavy. It was hot that afternoon, and I turned aside and sat down on one of the green chairs that lined the way. In a minute, I had dozed into a dream, and the tide of my thoughts washed up a vision of the resurrection. I was still sitting in the chair, but I thought myself actually dead, withered, tattered, dried. One eye I saw pecked out by birds. Awake, cried a voice, and incontinently the dust of the path and the mould under the grass became insurgent. I'd never before thought of Regent's Park as a cemetery, but now through the trees, stretching as far as the eye could see, I beheld a flat plain of writhing graves and healing tombstones. There seemed to be some trouble. The rising dead appeared to stifle as they struggled upwards. They bled in their struggles. The red flesh was tattered away from the white bones. Awake, cried a voice, but I determined I would not rise to such horrors. Awake, they would not let me alone. Wake up, said an angry voice. A cockney angel. The man who sells the tickets was shaking me, demanding my penny. I paid my penny, pocketed my ticket, yawned, stretched my legs, and feeling now rather less torpid, got up and walked on towards Langham Place. I speedily lost myself again in a shifting maze of thoughts about death. Going across Marylebone Road into that crescent at the end of Langham Place, I had the narrowest escape from the shaft of a cab and went on my way with a palpitating heart and a bruised shoulder. It struck me that it would have been curious if my meditations on my death on the morrow had led to my death that day. But I will not weary you with more of my experiences that day and the next. I knew more and more certainly that I should die under the operation. At times I think I was inclined to pose to myself. At home I found everything prepared, my room cleared of needless objects and hung with white sheets, a nurse installed and already at loggerheads with my housekeeper. They wanted me to go to bed early and after a little resistance I obeyed. In the morning I was very indolent and though I read my newspapers and the letters that came by the first post, I did not find them very interesting. There was a friendly note from Addison, my old school friend, calling my attention to two discrepancies and a printer's error in my new book, and one from Langridge venting some vexation over Minton. 
The rest were business communications. I had a cup of tea, but nothing to eat. The glow of pain at my side seemed more massive. I knew it was pain, and yet, if you could understand, I did not find it very painful. I had been awake and hot and thirsty in the night, but in the morning bed felt comfortable. In the night time I had lain thinking of things that were past. In the morning I dozed over the question of immortality. Haddon came, punctual to the minute, with a neat black bag, and Mowbray soon followed. Their arrival stirred me up a little. I began to take a more personal interest in the proceedings. Haddon moved the little octagonal table close to the bedside, and with his broad black back to me, began taking things out of his bag. I heard the light click of steel upon steel. My imagination, I found, was not all...